Nine-nine, everyone. Nine-nine. Man, it is so great to finally go back and take a look at all the hard work we put into the show over the years. No kidding. It's so fun to look back at when we were just babies on the show. I mean, it was only like six years ago. Tops. I mean, how old are you now? Like, uh... Terry, like I said, babies. Damn, Melissa. Babies. Got it. Let's start the show. Nine-nine. Welcome to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the podcast. I'm Mark Evan Jackson. I play Kevin. On today's episode of the podcast, we'll be discussing season three and specifically talking about some of the incredibly hilarious and talented guest stars who appear and recur in the series. As a special treat for today's episode, a few of those guest stars will be chatting with us about their roles with a specific focus into episode 17 from season three that introduced a series-long guest star, Jason Manzukis, who plays the lovably sweet, though borderline insane, former NYPD detective, Adrian Pimento. With us today, we have executive producer and writer of the episode, Luke Del Tredici, co-creator and executive producer, Dan Gore, and as he is such an incredibly busy actor working on other projects, joining us from London via Skype, Jason Menzukis. Jason, Dan, and Luke, 9-9. Nine, 9-9. Nine. Nine, nine. Nine, nine, Mark. 9-9? Oh. Nine, nine? All right, yes. That's uh, how you do it. Uh, speaking of 9-9, nine, nine, Jason Menzukis, you are joining us via Skype, Skype because you are uh, just, you've finished filming something in London that... I have been in London for two and a half months, and everywhere I go, people scream 9-9 nine, nine at me. The show is massive here, I'm happy to report. That's very cool. Uh, do it's people, exciting. Do people uh, pull you aside as well and ask for photos, or are they too polite for that? Oh, yes. Oh. No, no, they very much do. But they are, I will say, way more polite. In America, people grab me and already are starting to take a photo without 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 asking. Yeah, we're terrible. Um, here, they are terribly polite, very apologetic, which frankly makes the whole transaction last quite a bit longer. It actually <laughs> does take longer, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Their, their politeness means there's like three, they have to apologize three distinct times before <laughs> I finally have to say, Hey, man, let's just take this picture. (laughs) (laughs) High class problem. Yeah. Uh, Dan Gore, I realize that I don't know that we've talked about this. Did Adrian Pimento exist first or was it, did you always have Jason Manzoukas in mind? Manzoukas. Yeah. Really? Manzoukas, Jason Manzoukas hosted, um, we did a For Your Consideration at, uh, at, UCB and Jason hosted it and was incredibly, incredibly funny. <laughs> he ripped his shirt off within the first thirty seconds. I don't know if you remember this, Jason. Do you? Remember? I do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So that's yeah, I'm you sorry. Know, I try and, point of him. That's I try real. And do that all the time. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. It was like really, but he was just so like uh, three standard deviations funnier than any human being has a right to be, <laughs> and and it was electric and also so suggestive. And I remember afterwards, we immediately talked. I, I feel like immediately it was like, oh, Pimento should be, there should be a character, I don't remember if we had the name immediately, but uh, who was deep undercover. Jason Manzoukas plays a deep undercover kind of crazy person who's at Jake's desk, <laughs> and Jake comes in, thinks it's a crazy person or a, a criminal, and, and that whole first scene, that first moment yeah. of Manzoukas spinning him around and putting the knife was the pitch right off the start. Wow. Is that how they pitched it to you, Jason? Oh, yeah. um, Absolutely. It really came down to them calling me and being like, oh, here's the setup. It's kind of, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think you guys maybe even referenced Donnie Brasco in, in when we first talked about it, that idea of someone who, 
<clears throat> is undercover for so long they've lost their moral compass <laughs> and are not sure whether they're on whether they are in fact a good guy or a bad guy. Mm-hmm. This idea that Adrian Pimento slash Paul Sneed is this <laughs> character who is who is truly living under deep undercover for so long has like mentally like kind of unsettled him to a degree that makes him deeply chaotic and uh, emotionally um, stunted in a lot of ways, which I loved because I loved also that they wrote. Brooklyn Nine-Nine style jokes where Adrian Pimento says something reminds him of a funny story, much like some of the other people do in the show. But then when we oh, yeah. when we yeah. go and see that story played out, yeah. it's a horrifying act of violence, you know? But when like we that back, this character yeah. exists in the in the the language of the show that had already been established but has a completely different version of it, made me very excited. I remember shooting that flashback where Jason is just punching someone off screen. Yeah. Well, laughing and then sobbing and then blood is and we did it like not sure where we'd land standards wise we did it with a little bit of blood and we kept adding blood and mm-hmm. we definitely the one that aired is the least blood is that true we did there's oh, the man. final one there was it's just dripping the, oh, when you're re-moisting so your eyes many... or whatever with blood uh yes. in the, even in the version we saw like it's fairly yeah. horrific <laughs> yeah it's yeah, gotta no, be one that, of the more and that is only one of the that's only one of the blood scenes that i did for this show yeah <laughs> i think there are at least one or two more, like covered in blood. Yeah, they're faking you fake your own death, right? And then it was yeah, correct. Photos and, then, and you've also like some, so many horrific things have happened to you. you were, weren't you kidnapped using an ATM machine or something? Yes. And oh yeah, absolutely. Fought a bear. One of the things. Of one yeah. of the things that I have in my phone is a folder of pictures of myself standing next <laughs> to all of the people that have been stuntmen who <laughs> they have made up to look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've put fake hair and a fake beard on them. And the vast majority of the folder is Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> because that's how many times I've had to be, that's how many times I've had to fall off a roof, get, jump over a thing. Like all these moments where Adrian Pimento just has absolute violence visited upon him is pretty amazing. All of the backstory, it, it, it's one of the most fun characters to pitch on. I mean, in yeah. the in, in between seasons when we're talking about, oh, what should our Pimento episode be or uh, or arc or whatever, it's always like the number of times people have pitched really funny second families that he's had. <laughs> the <laughs> show's episode title has been released. Oh, yeah. The show's episode yes. title is great. It's the... Yeah. First time we've ever we we committed to doing an episode based. We came up with the title of the episode first, and then wrote. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> People are going to be like, "Yeah, that's pretty clear." <laughs> but also, it's one hundred percent true. Anyway, Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut it. The uh, title of the episode is. Puma, it's out there. It's Puma, it's Pumamento. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I will say also. I walked into a room and Luke said, so we have this idea for the uh, for the Pimento episode. It's Pimento. And I was like, okay, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, playing off the movie Memento. Uh, yes, well, exactly. I mean, we right. don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> you, but you get it. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> You've 100% got it. I will say, it. Was, without spoiling anything, which I won't do, I, it is. it was one of the most fun weeks of work I've ever had on wow. anything. That's so nice to hear. That's very cool. I do want to ask uh, briefly before we move on. Um, some of the stuff that happens in this episode, including the blood, the original. To, the, sorry, the first episode. You're talking the about. episode that we're talking about, the Adrian yeah. Pimento, the one yeah. from season three. Sorry, yes. Um, 
In this episode, it has to be some of the more violent stuff. The punches to the face, the blood, even the whip move. It's a great reveal of, of Manzoukas right at the top because we, we're looking at his back when Jake goes over to touch his shoulder. And it's only after Manzoukas ninjas out and puts a knife to Andy's throat that we reve- reveal who it is. Like, that's some fairly dynamic, pretty, you know... I don't yeah. feel like guns come out a lot on this show, right? Right. But, uh, guns come out a lot, but actual violence resulting from them. And it's also a little like the A-team, I think. Yeah, yeah but I think more than the violence is that, like, there's something actually, there's some actual darkness that seeps into the show through Pimento that I, I always love because the, our show is so, you know, and it's a show that a lot of people enjoy with their families and it's a pretty, like, positive an optimistic show and even though it's about cops and we're often solving murders in general it is it maintains a pretty positive tone sure. and it really like can curdle into something a little bit different when when pimento's there and i love it um but i mean he's he it, he feels actually not it's a comedy character but he feels like a a truly broken person <laughs> um, yeah oh yeah and that's what you know in kind of doing this character for this show what i've because i started as a fan of the show you know i loved the show before i was ever on it and so it was very fun to be able to and i think it's such a strong on it's a strong large ensemble Mm. right and to me kind of the pimento character in figuring out how to kind of come at it was oh there really isn't one of these in the show there isn't like it almost feels to me sometimes like pimento wandered in from a dramatic one hour, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would love to in see him on a dramatic one hour, oh by the way, God. you know, exactly. You know what I mean? Like where he's, I mean, he's obviously, a, I'm, I'm joking. Right. He's a comedy character, but he definitely feels like he's from a show that has grittier, harsher realities, more blood, more violence. Like the episode where Pimento talks about how he had, was forced to eat his partner's tongue. And now he's <laughs> developed a taste for it. Like Pimento <laughs> Like, it gets lost sometimes, but Pimento is a cannibal. It's like, like, this character is darkness. It's funny to me that, uh, looking back to the beginning of this episode, that even to Pimento, who is all of the things you have all just described, it's still weird to him that Hitchcock and Scully still work there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It should also be pointed out that Jason Manzoukas is an incredibly talented writer, and uh, you... You uh, made a pilot, a pilot in this, in a similar sort of world, and that it's a world that you're, you're interested. That it's a very, very funny pilot that I've watched. What I is did, it? Oh, thank you. I did a pilot uh, called Off Duty that was that was similar-ish in that it was a cop half-hour uh, comedy for NBC. Um, but the difference was there was no casework, <laughs> so every scene you saw happened in between. So like. The like a scene, they would be in the car, they would pull up, they would walk into a grisly murder and they would cut away. Like there was no casework ever. It was just a there was no procedural element. Everything happened when they were in between stuff. So we shot it with Bradley Whitford and Romney Malco uh, for NBC in 2009. Oh, good I think. Heavens. Yeah. 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 Um, but. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Oh, it, people should know. People should know. <laughs> no, uh, Jason. So, is- yes. So this show is a true favorite of mine because I love this genre. I love I love uh, cop shows and especially like the Barney Miller kind of funny cop show. I, I, I have a real sweet spot for it. I also remember being at some random event and you coming up to me in season two and you were like, hey, I'm a fan of the show. And usually when a person says that. 
I mean, we obviously have had we had a relationship already from Parks and Rec. They, it's like a nice passing thing to say. And then you were like, okay, in episode three, such mm-hmm. and such happens, and then <laughs> this happens. And I was like, oh my god, you're actually a fan, which was like the most gratifying thing because I think you're, you know, a god of comedy. Oh, thanks. It's a, a and you know, and I'm so grateful. Again, it's another one of these things where I'm so grateful that. You guys pitched me this storyline. Pimento comes in, does his thing, and eventually kind of leaves. And then, but you, the like, it is such a wonderful moment when you guys then continue to use me, which I love. You know, I love when it turns into Pimento and Pimento and Rosa, and then Pimento is the insurance adjuster, and all of these My like absolute and then favorite this, of Pimento and. Holt watching the oh, dog show. Oh, oh the the absolute. My, I will say my favorite thing in the world was watching Andre Brower trying to figure out what was going on with, what was I doing with this character? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite little thing about that episode was weirdly when we wrote the script, it was missing some kind of transition for when we would go back to the scenes with you or like there was something about the blocking and when you walked in and sat down on the couch next to Holt, it just seemed so weird. It was like, yeah. I think it was because we cut from a scene in the kitchen and then we cut into the living room, but there wasn't anything transitional. So we added an ADR where you went, uh, something like, did you go, Pimento's entering. <laughs> I, I think, yeah. I Pim- think I said Pimento's, Pimento's here. here. Pimento's I think here. That's what it is. And then yeah. we added Pimento's leaving at the end. And it's just become a thing now where your character, we write it yep. into scripts. It's like Pimento's oh, yeah. at the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a wonderful stunt that happens. Uh, Boyle explodes a. Turkmenistani uh, overfed goat stew mm-hmm. in a double boiler, uh, and uh, that re- reveals a new, uh, yet another guest cast member of the show, Kate Flannery as Mean Marge. Um, do you remember that stunt? Did that take lots of time to? It looked pretty scary. It looked good. Yeah, yeah it worked okay. I'm trying to. I don't remember it being. It like, worked well because remember we shot it from. It shot outside, right? Like you're looking back through the glass when it explodes. But they still they sprayed like Terry, Terry. And, yeah. with and and Stephanie with with stew or whatever. And we and we I think you were over Joe and saw the window shatter. I don't know. We do see it from behind Joe, I think. It's uh, fine. We it, see the explosion it's come. Good. It, be, it's, really know, good. it's really good. No, any funny. any of our Yeah. Any of our stunts that works well, I'm always like, you know. It's no, I mean it, it's it's the thing is that we are we're not, you know, you, we're making a sitcom. Mm-hmm. And you have the sort of budgetary and time limitations that come with making a sitcom. Sure. But for us, like, because we're a cop show and because we do procedural elements and we do chases, we keep, we're always writing stuff that we are not capable of doing on the time and budget that we sure. have. A car chase or a, uh, a I think of the episode, or, uh, the Safe House episode, where you drove a car through a wall. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That was a, and so a we're just, thing. we're constantly, like, writing the stuff and then getting to production. And you're like, oh, this... If we had the time to do it right, we would need a full day to do this sort of stuff. And right. then we never have it. And so you're always just like fingers crossed that you're going to get it on the one take you have or, you know, the, the you have half an hour to get it right. And so it's like there's always just this fear that, you know, it's not going to work out. Rosa counsels Peralta not to trust Pimento because uh, she knows for sure that he's not uh, not a good guy because she's physically attracted to him, just like the vulture, the ShamWow guy and the evil gremlin stripe. Mm-hmm. She's not going to bone Gizmo. Um, how, when did you know that there would be a, uh, a Pimento Rosa black hole attraction, like black hole gravity? I've, 
feel like we knew that. For, I mean, we figured out because we figured out yeah. the arc that okay. we wanted to have. Yeah, that that whole pimento, the end of season, was one of the rare times when I think we've really had like five episodes mapped out before we started writing them. Not not every scene and every act break, but we understood the basic idea that Jason would come in, be a part of it, then that there would be this the. I guess I guess it is that there there would be someone trying to kill him that that would lead to a mystery that would segue into the Dennis Haysbert character and we sort of knew the end of the season and because that that ends in the cliffhanger of them going to Florida and so we actually like but I think a big thing was the uh, bringing in Jason for multiple episodes meant we can't we didn't want to just play over and over again the idea of like he's crazy and having a hard time readjusting to the world because you you see that once and it's funny and you see it twice and it's probably funny and you see it a third time and you get bored. So we knew immediately we wanted to give him a dynamic with other, with other characters besides just Jake. Um, and then the Rosa one was seemed like a natural. Um, also, it seemed like such a funny character to put in juxtaposition to other characters besides just Jake. So we thought it would be really fun to have it with have him with Rosa. He's really funny with Terry. Like in the episode Cheddar, he's the the, the pimento stuff is really so yeah. funny when he's playing a vulnerable like boy with a, a vulnerable a vulnerable character with a schoolboy crush, and he, yeah. he doesn't have the the guts to 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 talk to Rosa about it. It's such a funny color. That has character. my favorite joke. My favorite pimento joke is the one when Terry says, "I don't." What is Terry says the like the smallest advice that's just like maybe you deserve to be happy. <laughs> oh. and, and, and Jason is like, I've, when you put it like that, <laughs> I never thought of it like that. Wow. And the, He's like, "Wow, I never thought of it like that." <laughs> it was like, wow, Is that when I'm I'm yeah. waiting for him in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. you come out of yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like he goes to the bathroom and you just appear from the shower, right? Yeah, no, and it's that's a right, full yeah. emotional resolve for the character. <laughs> well, what I love, what I love about Pimento is kind of to Luke's point is it's not just a one note joke character. Mm-hmm. Like it's not just oh, being undercover has made him like polar opposites of chaotic and insane and all this stuff. It is also that he is incredibly emotionally available and vulnerable. Like he is in love with Rosa and that is real. It's not like guarded. It is he is that being able to play all of these different kind of emotional components of this character who is like super violent, but also like deeply loving and sweet is very fun. I've forgotten whether it's in this episode, uh, Adrian Pimento or the one immediately after it. But there's a 30-second movie that happens of a full arc. I think you bring paperwork for Rosa to sign, and it starts oh, as sort yeah. of like flirty, and then it gets downright like sex. And yes. Terry's like, That's the start Stop. of the next episode. Is it yeah. the start of the next episode? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's a very abbreviated, very quick arc of like flirting to like <laughs> porn. Boning. Yeah. yeah. No, she like puts the papers up against my chest and <laughs> signs against my chest, and we make – Eye contact for the entire time. <laughs> There's a lot of blowing of like ink drying, right? Oh yes. yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> that um, is right. We have to have Kevin and Pimento in a available in a story yes. together. Available. Let's listen to a clip. To set it up, Detective Adrian Pimento has returned to the 99 after being undercover for a long time working for mobster Jimmy Figgis. Jake and Rosa don't fully trust him and follow Pimento to his apartment to make sure he's not still working for Figgis. But Pimento catches Jake looking through his car and explains why he's acting so weird. Oh, yeah. Suck it, roadside assistance. Well, well, well. Hello, Jake. Adrian, what a coincidence bumping into you here. Well, see you tomorrow. 
You know what? Let's hang out now. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> what are you doing here, partner? Memento's still in the window. Come on, Jake. You honestly didn't assume I would hire a lookalike to wear a fake beard and do Tai Chi in my window? No, I definitely didn't assume that. And plus, you seriously thought that was me? I mean, you've seen me in my underpants. My butt is rock hard. That guy's got a pancake butt. I can't believe you're still working for Figus. That's why you've been acting so weird. Breaking into my apartment, buying a burner phone, grabbing this duffel. I broke into your apartment because I didn't feel safe at my home. Okay. And a burner phone's the only kind of phone I can get because I disappeared for 12 years and now have terrible credit. Makes sense. You want to know what's in the duffel? Open it up, tough guy. Oh, look at that. A bunch of old family photos and personal belongings. Pimentos, mementos. I know you have a gun on me, I just couldn't resist the rhyme. Sorry. I stashed it all when I became Paul Sneed. I couldn't have them finding anything that could trace back to my family. I get it, all right? I went through the exact same thing when I came back. You have no clue what I've been through! You know what? I can't believe I trusted you. Get out of here, Jake. Oh my god, this guy's got a pancake butt. Not Pimento, get out of there, Jake! Thanks, Rosa. <laughs> Are you laughing at butts. your at your own material? Oh, butts, pancake butts? Yeah. Yeah, I'm laughing at I'm laughing at oh no, this guy's got a pancake butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh talk a little bit about uh naked Tai Chi. Is this uh this can't be your first time doing uh uh Underwear briefs, uh, Tai Chi in any given uh, on-camera motion picture. Um, this I'm trying to think. I mean, this ca- I have now multiple times on this show been reduced to being in my underwear <laughs> doing something. Um, the Tai Chi was the first time. This is the first time I've ever been in my underwear doing Tai Chi. But I am always, for some reason, in my underwear doing something terrible in public in TV and movies. I feel like from the writing of the script perspective, I think that we we kind of, we were actually sort of referencing in some ways an Apocalypse Now kind of feel for him in the in the underwear doing Tai Chi. Yeah. I mean, oh, funny. Uh, Pimento goes back to being a, a bagger at a grocery store. There's a, uh, there's a fun little cameo there, the yes. cashier. So that's Trisha McAlpin, mm-hmm. one of our writers, mm-hmm. um, who was so funny. One of the true greats. Uh, I know so Trisha funny. from UCB in New York, where she was for many years, uh, one of the people that was one of the best improvisers working on stage in New York for a long time. You gave her the character name Maggie. Is that the name of the director? Is that? Was the, is that I think that, that was, was just scripted. Yeah. Just, okay. Um, now, did Maggie, the bagger, the bagger, she came to Pimento's fake funeral then? <laughs> yes, she did, didn't she? <laughs> I believe, and there was like a joke that was written that I think got cut for time, but she was there. She was distraught, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember what. Don't we you yell? Her. And you—it's very funny when you yell at her in the yeah, oh yeah the grocery store. Well, I also first I yell at the old lady, <laughs> and yeah. then and then that turn when when I have the actual conversation, I then turn it on Maggie. I, I remember that old lady because I think what we had scripted for you to yell at that old lady was much tamer than what you actually yelled. Oh at yeah. This, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. old woman who had come in to <laughs> be an extra. <laughs> Yeah, no, I went to town on that old lady. Tied up my sex tape? Question mark. You followed her back to her dressing room and c- continued. I remember she <laughs> yeah, said, yeah, yeah. "Quote: We're not on camera now, Jason." And you still and I insulted said, her. We're always on camera, lady. <laughs> you old, you old bag. Yeah, Jason. Uh, dream plotline for Adrian Pimento. You know, I'm going to. I'm really going to be honest, and without again, I don't want to spoil anything, but. 
the episode this upcoming season called Pumamento is truly inspired and is was one of the most fun things to do. So it's a pretty great one. Oh, I would also love, like much in the same way that I loved getting partnered up with uh, Holt for an episode, um, like the those juxtapositions are really exciting to me. And I've also always wanted like inexplicably for Pimento to somehow have teamed up with the Pontiac bandit or the vulture. Like somehow it's like the, all of the rogues gallery of Brooklyn nine, nine is together. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it would make me very happy. A suicide squad with Pimento. Yeah, I mean, we, exactly. We talked about that when we did the suicide squad of, of who we could include. Cause we had talked about putting in, Craig Pimento and Craig Robinson, but it ended up the episode we wanted then was the the people, the true villains who they didn't like as opposed to... Yes. As opposed to sort of allies, and so we, we didn't end up doing it. But How would you feel about a storyline where Pimento attends a vow renewal ceremony between... Oh, I would love it. And then objects... Finish your sentence. <laughs> oh. Between Kevin and Holt. Yeah. And then objects. And then objects and gets into a fist fight with Kevin and... Great. Yeah. That lasts that lasts fifteen minutes. Yes. <laughs> and, we keep cutting it away from it for the other in stories. real time. And you're just yeah. pummeling Kevin in the face, uh, in, uh, intermittently crying, <laughs> and then going Kevin, back to it. Kevin knows that uh, punch to the esophagus move. Yeah. Oh, you better get some corticosteroids to treat mm. that laryngeal fracture. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Del Tredici, Dan Gore, Jason Manzukas, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ta ta. Attention listeners, this is not Raymond Holt. This is Andre Brower. And this is Stephanie Beatrice. While it may be difficult to tell us apart from our characters by voice alone... Not that hard for me. It is important you know that this is not Holt speaking. I think they get it, Andre. Very well. We are your official Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the podcast intermission and or mid-show bumper announcers and or palette cleansers. Yep, that is our official title. It is. We are here to inform you that the podcast is not over. Please stay tuned. Nine-Nine. For our next segment of today's episode, we're going to chat with some other great guest stars who appear on the show. Notably with us today, we'll hear from Kyle Bornheimer, who plays Amy's ex, Teddy Wells, most recently seen in Jake and Amy from season five, as well as Ken Moreno, who plays the dopey and unqualified former captain of the 9-9, Captain C.J. Stentley, introduced in season four's Coral Palms, after Holt and Jake go into witness protection in Florida. And lastly, but certainly not least, we'll be chatting with Nicole Byer, a newcomer to the world of the Nine-Nine, who plays the hilarious sister to the Pontiac Bandit, Trudy Judy, introduced in Season 6's episode, A Tale of Two Bandits. Up first, Kyle and Ken join us. Guys, welcome. Thanks for being here. Aw, thanks. Thank you for having us. Um, we're talking about guest stars, but uh, we, know, uh, we know you both from lots of different things. Um, Kyle, you've, uh, in addition to being in the Mike Shore world before... <laughs> Uh, been on Worst Week and Perfect Couples, Angel from Hell, um, Casual, most recently. Uh, Ken, we know you from things like Party Down, Burning Love, The Other Two. Um, and then, of course, your your turns on this. Um, talk a little bit about the difference between uh, uh, being a series regular on something and being a guest on something. Brian Doyle Murray once said to me, like, it's better to recur. When you recur on a show, everybody's so happy to see you. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, I I don't know. You, you want to? You go first. I mean, for me, I I I do get the opportunity to recur on stuff, and I'm and I and as I've 
gotten older, I've gotten more and more interesting parts. Sure. Like in the last 10 years or so, I've got and anything I recur on, it's a part I love to go back to because he doesn't have to carry the show. He just has to kind of come in. And more times than not, he's a he's he's a jerk or an <laughs> asshole. And and those are always fun to play because yeah. you you're unfiltered. Right. You can you don't have to have people you, you want people to dislike you, and that's a fun job to have as opposed to like get, trying to get people to like love you and the mm-hmm. concept of the show. To buy the whole that's thing. a whole other yeah. uh, 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 job or struggle. So to come on and play different, you know, a- antagonists to the, the characters that are, that are regulars is it's, it's a, it's a blast. Yeah. And I like, I like the Brian Delamore thing that people, if you've done it enough after, cause the first time, first two times, no matter how long you're in the, the business like mm. it's scary the first couple of times not it's like going to school and and not knowing anyone and and they're all on track and they've all know their characters and they sure. you know um but after you're comfortable with it if you if you've been on it a few times then you get that like they're happy to see you thing in there <laughs> um it is it is fun and and getting past that moment though being the new kid um no matter how much i do this will always be that 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 is such a, hu- a, a base and human thing about yeah. like will they what if they don't like me um, and I find myself having to fight the urge to go like, I'll beat them to it. I won't like them first. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Which is broken. Um, it's also an interesting thing as a, I recur on plenty of stuff. And, um, I also get in my head because they all know who you are and it's a, you know, you will have been on that set a handful of times in your life. I don't know the name of every person who's miking me or costuming me or anything yeah like, and i can feel pretty bad about that sometimes yeah yeah you're kind of in the family but not and then right. and then you don't know how much you can sort of uh ingratiate yourself without going overboard or you know so, but what's yeah, nice so. is uh, the longer we do it i mean I, I tell me if you disagree with this but like you run into the same yeah. it's a small town and For so sure. you like all of a sudden you're like hey the sound guy from this and you know like and you start to that happens a lot you know also we're a nicer business than I think in the past, like I think, I mean, this group in particular, I mean, are just sweet as heck. And like, and so, and once you realize that a, in general, as an actor, once you realize that whether you're auditioning or everyone wants you to do well, Mm -hmm. (laughs) no one's rooting against you in this business. Like that in terms of when you're working with someone, like if there's jealousies outside of it, which I actually think are overstated too in this business, I think most, in most I've had a good experience. Hollywood's nicer than people would guess. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Like, and especially when you on a show like this, um, everyone's pulling for you. Everyone wants you to look good and, and be good. And from the audition process to filming it to calling you back, yeah. Kyle Bornheimer, we know your character Teddy Wells from episodes like Tactical Village, Unsolvable, mm-hmm. The Road Trip, The Audit, and Jake and Amy. Um, how did you come to this role? Was it offered to you? Did you audition? This one, this was offered. I'm, I was, I was thinking back now. I'm pretty sure this was offered, um, and the first, yeah, because I, th- oh, I think so, yeah. And the first time you see me is that, that tactical village episode mm-hmm. when we realize that I'm an ex flame of Melissa and and totally the opposite of of of, uh, Jake, of Jake and and um, <laughs> and they play it. The, the writers played it perfectly, like how <laughs> how much they are just two peas in a pod, Melissa and and. and uh, Gigantic nerds. Oh, yeah, just gigantic, gigantic cop nerds. nerds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they met at a voluntary refresher course on police codes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We The whole episode, I think even more than what made it, we're all we're just like batting back codes to each other and making each other laugh with obscure code references. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was, uh, do you remember the the breakdown or the spec on, on who Teddy was? What did they say about him? 
I don't, I don't remember. That's a good question. Like the original, what's so funny though, and maybe you've, you've had this too and you have it on, is how it evolves and yeah. how the writers will pick up, on, especially the expert writers on, on a show like this, like they'll pick up on, on things and run with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the jazz clothes, the jazz breakfast I have later in the, um, <laughs> right. in the series was, came from, I think some obscure reference we were joking about, um, the Pilsners, something that they ran with was a one-off really joke that ran. A yeah, specific that, yeah. kind of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his love for San Diego. So I think a lot was. I think the first one was 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 kind of let's get like a, a someone that's almost exactly like Melissa in there that as an ex and as sort of a um, a foil for Jake a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. I think they did a great job too, like making it viable. Like she, in some ways, should be with someone like Teddy, um, and they had to make kind of. Then I think that gave them like a great opportunity to. to give Jake stuff to do in, in response to that. So it's a good it foil evolved, for yeah. sure. And we definitely meet you as, um, you know, a lovable dork. Yeah. Um, but then it does grow. Right. And he <laughs> kind of can't let Amy Santiago go. That too. I don't think they ever planned on that necessarily either. That's right. the other wonderful thing. I think they, the more they spent time with Teddy and, and that was fun. That was a, a fun color. It was fun playing him just as the cop nerd, but then adding this color where he was so into her that he almost like, you know, let a building blow up because of it, um, is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun Trojan horse because that that one half of of you know the characters that you often play the the very nice guy is how we meet you. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he's he's harmless. Like, yeah, he's a very nice dude. And then it does sort of gets not dark, but it. But does you, you realize strange. he has a lot of power in his hands that you know in his position to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That he wields. This next clip from the season five finale features Kyle as Amy's ex, Teddy Wells, who, after getting promoted to the head of the bomb squad, responds to a bomb threat at Jake and Amy's wedding. And they brought a robot. This is exactly how I imagined my wedding would be when I was a kid. Well, well, well. (laughs) Amy Santiago. Amy, look, your ex-boyfriend is here on our wedding day. Why? This is my crew. Yeah, you called me boring, so I leveled up my cool, and now I run the bomb squad. I also started traveling. I went to Belgium. They have the best spaghetti. Teddy, let's get everything out on the table here. Last time we saw you, you kind of proposed to Amy, so you're not still in love with her, right? No, I definitely am. My therapist told me to stop trying to get over it. Oh, weird you wouldn't hide it even for your own pride. But seriously, don't worry. I'm a cop, I have a job to do, and I'm gonna do it professionally. That's great. I'm happy to hear that. Meaning I will be doing a super thorough sweeping of the building. It's gonna take hours, so you should probably just cancel the wedding. Anyway, congrats, you two. Congrats on the bomb squad. Charles. Right. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Joey. You've known, you've known Joe a while. I've known Joe since uh, uh, pretty much his first week of college. So I was a year mm. older than him. And then we both went to NYU together and we were in this group, the state, together. Amazing. Uh, and we've uh, been uh, you know, pretty tight ever since. They make reference in that clip to your having proposed to Amy. Uh, remind us of what that was about. Well, I, we did it. I think there was an inadvertent one during the bra- the, the jazz brunch episode <laughs> where I think in a panic, I just got down on a knee and, and, and several times and would not take no for an answer. And I'm trying to think if they're off, if on our vacation we did it too. I think I did six of them. Um, but yeah, and it becomes, a, and what's great about that is like that Teddy character now people like love to propose like to Teddy when they like it's it's become a fun like the Pilsner and and Teddy not taking no for an answer from from uh from Melissa are amazing. Um I love at the end of that episode that uh the ring bearer for the wedding is uh is the bomb squad robot yeah, yeah. being driven by Teddy. 
Um, <laughs> and it seems like a very sweet closure, but I think you also almost propose. In yeah, I, I almost propose at, at the last minute. So it's it's left open that Teddy is probably uh, sad in San Diego uh, eating some Belgian spaghetti. Yeah. Uh, at, at some, but he also yeah uses power at the beginning of that episode. He's you're afraid he's going to use his powers for evil, but he ends up using them for good. <laughs> but I mean, to be continued, right? Yeah. yeah. Never say never. <laughs> Teddy's out there. That's what I'm saying. Can we know your character CJ from episodes like Coral Palms, parts two and three, The Overmining, Sicko, and Suicide Squad? Um, how did you come by this role? Uh, you know, I think, I think it, I think it was offered. Mm -hmm. I don't think I auditioned for it. You'd remember. Uh, no, I actually, that's the thing. I don't remember anything anymore. We were talking about this before we started. It's true, yeah. Uh, you were saying you're not shoot. great at memorizing lines. Terrible at memorizing lines, and I don't remember jobs I have anymore. It's um, I, Maybe it's just because I'm getting older and, and my brain is rotting, or and I'm just falling apart from the inside out. Sure. I don't know, um, but <laughs> certainly no. feels that way. Oh, I mean, it's... We've looks just, that way. It looks just that met. way, yeah. right? Oh, thank you. We've I just met, that. but that's where things are heading. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, so I, th I think it was offered... And just to go back to your uh, a point you made about like when you come on set and you um, like the you it's like the new kid at school. I have found again later in my career, I have had the luck or the whatever the, the word is to be offered things more often than sure. than I did earlier in my career, and there's a certain freedom to that. I just walk in, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make these choices and this is what I'm going to do. And if they don't like that, they'll pull it back. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I have the, I just, I feel like I'm given a, a free pass to kind of mm -hmm. go in, not a free pass, but like they, they offered it to me. So they want what I can give. Right. So I'm going to give them something. Right. And then if they don't like it, yeah. they'll, they'll, you know, mold it to where, where they want it to be. Um, so I recently, I don't feel that way. I almost feel like the opposite of that, which is like, when you are offered something and you come onto the set, the the job is to like go go uh, you know zero to one hundred right away. Sure. Just like just be like whatever that third choice is. Start with the third right. choice. That's great. You know what yeah. I mean? The hot, medium, and mild. Start yeah, with the and hot. just and just go hot, <laughs> yeah. and then they can always pull back on it. But like I'm already because because you know as a guest on a show or even a recurring. Chances are you're gonna get two or three takes. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Because they got to get everybody who's on the show. They got to cover that and and make sure that and get the story. Tell story. And then yeah. they're like, and can you hang around? Um, and just we're gonna turn around on you later. Later. Yeah. <laughs> so can you just hang out in the trailer, and yeah. we're gonna come back. So so sorry. And then you might get two or three takes of it. So I always like to go to whatever the funniest version I thought <laughs> in front of the mirror was. Yeah. Right away. Great. That's and then. And then I can, and then I can always pull back on it and give the sort of slightly. I think, yeah, I think that version. that's meaningful. You're not, you're not helping them by being polite and going beige and lukewarm right, right, early, yeah. right? Like they, as you said, you were offered this role. They know for better or worse, like what our proclivities are. Why'd you yeah. say worse? Laugh and look at me. <laughs> I think you. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Like uh, they want the game that you play, right. and so like go for it. Yeah, I like that that yeah. approach too. I think that that's a that's a big thing. What were you told about the character? Uh, I don't. Again, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> but he, I knew he was a dumb dumb guy, and so um, you know, there's a certain freedom to uh, him, uh, a certain freedom to approaching that character because, like, uh, I just knew that he could have a little ADD. He can kind of wander around. He doesn't necessarily have to be listening to everything that's going on. He can play with <laughs> he can play with things on the desk. Like, you know, like what's what's been interesting 
I've been trying to figure out how I approach stuff as an actor. And I, I find that when you have a part and you just read the lines, like you have these instinctual things and to not get in the way of them. So how the person talks or what they, how they walk or what they say sort of comes, comes in and you, the, the, the hope is to just kind of let that happen mm -hmm. and it will, it will create whatever the character is. And this is a dumb guy. And so I just sort of went down that, that, you um, let the dumb fly. I let the dumb fly yeah. and didn't get in the way of it. That's really smart. Our next clip showcases Ken as Captain Jason Stentley, a.k.a. CJ, introducing himself to the squad as the new captain of the 9-9, while Jake and Holder are in Florida in witness protection. Uh, if I may ask, how did you become captain? You just seem a little... Unqualified? No, 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 no. It's because I am, actually. Here's how it happened. I had an appointment at my dermatologist at 402 7th Avenue, but I went to 204 7th Avenue by mistake. It's like numbers are so crazy. Am I right? Amen. Not really. Anyway, there was this big drug bust going down. I showed up, spooked the kingpin. He darts for the front door, trips, shoots himself in the stomach accidentally. And then after that, everybody pretty much surrendered very quickly. And they made me a captain about a week later. And didn't you have to pass the exams? Like, wasn't there like an interview where they, they met you and heard you speak? Presumably. <laughs> that is great. He is not bright. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not, a, not a bright guy, but he's a genuine. He's genuinely like, he's, he's yeah. happy to be there. He knows that things are going well for him, but he wants to be honest that he doesn't want to pretend he's somebody else. Yeah. Or something else. Kind of a great trait. I think what we, <laughs> I think what happens before what we just, seconds before what we just heard was that it's the worst intro of all time. He comes in and says, hi, my name is... Uh, Captain Stanley, oh, that sounds too formal. Um, uh, Captain Jason, no, that's weird. How about CJ? Let's do that. Anyway, that's all I got. Like that's <laughs> that was meeting adjourned. Yeah, he was hoping everybody would get up and leave. <laughs> yeah. You know, let's be careful out there. Yeah. Like, he is not bright. Uh, I do love Melissa's. Uh... Yeah, yeah, the long. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> um, so in, in immediately, this idiot is loved by. Hitchcock, Scully, Gina, like the people who are not there to do work. Yeah. The people who are actually good at their jobs are like, oh, no, this is going to be a problem. It's also, also revealed, I think, that they pan down and, and we see that you're, they tilt down and we're wearing, you're wearing sweatpants. sweatpants. Yeah, yeah. Just because it's more comfortable. <laughs> I think you had, had hot cocoa and things went Oh, did I spill something on it? Something like that. Oh, it's possible. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's a fascinating thing. You, you, we see you in other episodes. What are other things that uh, fans of the show may remember you from? Well, I was in the uh, Suicide Squad, which was a lot of fun. I got to come back with uh, uh, Dean and Kira. Dean Winters and Kira Sedgwick. And that was fun uh, because they had to call in the, the people they uh, dislike most, uh, you know, to, that they would want to put together a team mm -hmm. that would really, I guess, mess things up or... Were, exactly. He, there was a corrupt and, police commissioner. Yeah, he had a he had a he had a plan, and and we all had special uh, 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 skills that uh, would come in handy for Andy, and um, and so that was a fun kind of entrance. We you know the three of us sort of walking in in slow mo, and my <laughs> my uh, 
my contribution to that was, um, can I be eating an icicle? Yeah. <laughs> an icicle? Yeah, I mean, not, a, not an icicle, a popsicle. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, popsicle. <laughs> Your fingers are sticky. I mean, the, in, in true Brooklyn Nine-Nine fashion, something earlier on is sticky, and then you're like, oh, that might have been me. I was eating a popsicle. Then the next time we see you, you're legit eating a popsicle. <laughs> well, that actually, yeah. So uh, we shot this scene where I'm eating the popsicle, that uh, later scene where a group of us, and then we shot that slow motion scene a couple of days later, and I was like, "Can he just always be having a yeah, yeah. popsicle?" <laughs> That's the Brad Pitt acting. It's a uh, Beatty and Pitt. Just uh, put it just in your eat, mouth. Just yeah, does ninety percent of the work for you when, right. you're, when you're eating. Yeah, the business of eating. The is, business of eating. Yeah, just takes care of itself. <laughs> That's fascinating. But for a dumb character, it's even. It's got this other thing, which is great. Like the eating a dumb person eating. Is just <laughs> That's a, true. It's, 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 it's a slightly just, different thing. Yeah, than, it's just uh, more Beatty. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and There's, Brad I think, it's just. I, it's hard to do drama. Let's eat but the choice i thought it was it, yeah. like sexual like i thought right. it was like a sexual thing no for like oh, for, for them for oh them. yeah like it was like oh maybe putting something in their mouth they're always chewing probably. on something it's very like there's something very sexual and that's probably it yeah it's sexy when you do sexy. it too i'm not saying your, you yours so is very sexy too if that's that. what you're fishing for Thank you. very sad <laughs> they write all these super funny lines and they want you to do all of that but they trust us to sort of as long as you're kind of staying you know, within the storylines, you know, sure. and not just going off on some weird tangent. Yeah. Like they want you to kind of bend it a little bit or, you know, throw an extra thing in here as long as they get the the, the text that they, you know, the, the story that they wrote. And and so, you know, it's a fun character to sort of just go off <laughs> and just bend a couple, you know, bend it in different ways. Um, and you were saying you did that on, uh, for, for your for your guy, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, most shows like this, yeah, it's that's the process, and mm-hmm. and it's um it's exciting too, and it's exciting when you work with, and Ken and I work together, and and it's when you see another actor's eyes light up with an idea to do that stuff, and it's it's just it's fun because it, you know it's you know, you're saying the same lines over and over again, and when someone is like really inspired at midnight to keep going and do something exciting, you know, um, it's it's it it's part of the fun parts of this job. There's an efficiency in shooting three cameras where, like, you can get stuff done, and very often, and I, it's a, it's a bonus in this world. They'll go, something else you want to try, and mm-hmm. you can go, yeah, yeah, there certainly is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going, yeah, going again. Yeah. yeah, Ken Moreno and Kyle Bornheimer, thank you so much for being with us. Nine 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 nine. Now we're joined by Nicole Byer, who plays Trudy Judy. Nicole nine nine. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how was the notion of playing Trudy Judy first presented to you? Did you audition? Were, were you offered the role? Ooh, baby, I was offered that role. It's always so, I know so many people in the writer's room. Okay. Uh, my friend Marcy, my two friends, uh, Madeline and Paul, mm-hmm. Justin Noble, at the time, Phil Jackson. So, like, I knew, oh, like, right. enough people. Sure. And they were, they but like, would you? Want, I think Phil reached out and was like, "Would you want to do this?" And I was like, "Shut the f- up! Of course, yes." <laughs> I said the bad word, I uh, but I truly was just so excited. It's such a fun show. I love Andy. I worked with him on a very short-lived show called Party Over Here. Oh yeah, I was on Fox. Uh, rest in peace. It died a real quiet death because <laughs> they didn't really promote it. Yeah, uh, but that's okay. Uh, so yeah, I was really excited to work with him again. Um, Party Over Here is the name of Andy Samberg's production company yes, with and the, we the Lonely stole Island. Stole that for the title of our show. Mm-hmm. Um, when you call their production offices, someone sitting at reception has to go party over here. Uh-huh. It's <laughs> remarkable. It's really fun. Everyone should call Party Over Here and listen to somebody go party over here. Um, 
When you say that you knew people in the writer's room, I would guess that you knew them because you are part of the Upright Citizens Brigade from New York originally? Yes, I performed there in New York for, I guess, three or four years. And then out here, I also performed there. Uh, So yeah, it's like a a really nice, cute little community where everyone's just trying to be funny. Yeah. And it's nice that people lift each other up. Like when someone gets a job, they'll always suggest someone else who, uh, that they know and they love and is funny to do parts. It's really, it's great. I love it. Um, You were offered the role that is... Pure magic as an actor. Oh my God. It's such a beautiful thing. Yeah. Because you'll go on, I don't know, tens of 20s and 30, hundreds of auditions and not get a thing. Oh my gosh. Months. It's years. Awful. Yeah. But it's really, it's nice when they're just like, come in and work. And you're like, me? (laughs) All right. And then Trudy Judy was just a fun character. Like I read the script and I was like, oh boy, what a treat. Because she, um, is two characters, right? Yes. On her face, she's like so sweet. Mm-hmm. At one point, she even says like, I don't deserve your kindness. Mm-hmm. And then she's a straight player. Just terrible. Yeah. I love it. They also, there was a scripted line that made me laugh so hard and it was so hard to say. Uh, let's see if I can remember it. Uh, a mulch butt hoe. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what a silly line. <laughs> I love comedy. I'm getting paid to like say this to someone's face. It's crazy. It's I crazy it. that, that uh, they put scripts in your hand or offer you alts <laughs> on the day that are like, I really get to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is such a fun show to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you get the call from Phil or whoever. Oh, well, it was my agent. Okay. Phil, like, texted me. Oh, okay, He was like, we're thinking about you for this. And I was like, oh, cool. And then my agent called, like, the next day. And I was like, ooh, it's real. And I'm doing you, it. Were you familiar with uh, with the Pontiac Bandit at any point? Uh, um, No. But okay. after I got the job, I watched episodes. Sure. Yeah, you got to. Uh, but I'd already binge. seen, like, the pilot in, like, half of the first season. And I fell off because I love trash TV. Oh, do you? Yes. Like, oh. this is a good scripted show. And yeah. uh, my favorite show right now is called Hot and Heavy. It's about fat women dating men. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's really silly. Great. I love 90 Day Fiance and I love RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, I just love reality. Uh, 90 Day Fiance, uh, the woman who cuts my hair talks about it incessantly and it sounds like hot garbage. Oh, it is. And I might wa- start watching you it. You have to. Okay, <laughs> my recommendation is start with a tell-all. So oh. a tell-all is all the couples together literally talking about each other and they cut into parts of the show so you get the whole season mm-hmm. in the tell-all. Uh, and then you're like, oh, I have to go back and watch this. And it's great. It's perfect. How, how do they cast that show? I, I, haven't, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know how they find those people. I'm sure they put out like a notice on the internet that's like, are you in a relationship with someone overseas and you're trying to bring them over to America? And you're like, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, that's me. I'll do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I have no idea how they find these people. And they're all <laughs> lunatics. Uh, we find that um, we open this episode and uh, are surprised and saddened to learn that Doug Judy is deceased. Yeah. We're at a funeral and he's been telling lies to his family that he's in architecture school mm-hmm. and or that he's at an architecture firm and <laughs> that Peralta is actually Mangy Carl. Yes, Mangy Carl, who... the mulch butt hoe. <laughs> it's such a funny line. Um, I'm curious how much of that was in the script. Do you remember or was any of it added on the day? No. That was Mulch Butt Ho, I believe, was in, at the table read. It was life on the life on the streets, selling his body for money. All his teeth <laughs> fell out, and his mouth was just a rotten hole. Back alley butt implants. A plumper rump would help him get bleep every mm-hmm. night. <laughs> oh, that I added. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, what was it? Uh, I just added. It'll help him get f-ed every night. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't clear to me. They blurred it and bleeped it. Mm. Um. <laughs> And the doctor just put a bunch of mulch up there and it got infected. That was scripted. <laughs> amazing. Just amazing. Were you there for Andy singing the the improvised Doug Judy? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was so funny. I don't think I was needed in that shot, though. 
I would guess you weren't because there. It, weren't it was on him, so you couldn't really see anybody in the. What do you? It's not an audience at a funeral. It is an audience. Yes, it's a paid. It's a general admission. <laughs> it's a general admission paid audience. <laughs> VIP. I was right in the front, <laughs> uh, but you couldn't like see me in that shot. But I was sitting there the whole time, and it was so funny. He did so many different variations. Andy is so good at tweaking things like just slightly so it's like truly like he's doing the same movements but it's like a different inflection or it's like he brings his voice down a little bit he's truly just so funny it's very it made me laugh Uh, i watched it several times last night and it made me laugh every time (laughs) when he takes a breath and then gets louder and higher and Uh they cut to terry who goes oh no he gave himself a key change Uh, had you ever worked with, uh, you said you'd work with Andy before, mm-hmm. uh, ever worked with Terry, ever worked with Craig Robinson? No, 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 no. Oh, and they're awesome. two of the kindest, nicest people. Really nice dudes, right? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes in comedy, people like to be the funniest in the room. Mm-hmm. But like, this is truly an ensemble. Like, they're happy to collaborate or like punch up something you're saying and they're happy to hear what you have to say. So truly it was like very collaborative and supportive and positive, yeah. which a lot of comedy isn't. No, a lot of comedy is like strangely and unnecessarily competitive. Yes. And who gets the last line, who yes. gets to call the blow in the scene yes. or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, uh, no, thank you. I know. And this wasn't like it. It was so much fun. It's a really fun world to come play in, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, and then we realized that Trudy Judy doesn't seem to be who she said she was. Yeah. She's actually stolen a 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California from an arms de- mm-hmm. <laughs> an arms dealer, I guess. Yeah, that was funny because Craig had to keep saying that car name, mm-hmm. and it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful. I just I have it written down, and I I was like I didn't breathe enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Craig had the same problem sometimes. Yeah. He would start saying it midway through, be like, <gasps> and then start it over again, or he just got all the numbers wrong. It was funny. <laughs> it was very funny to watch him struggle through that. Um, we are told that she's in nursing school. Uh, we learned later that may not have been the case all the way. Yes, I was in nursing school and I dropped out because it was hard, mm-hmm. which I identify with. Uh, what I do love, and I think that this is a funny, weird thing in the in the story, and I would guess it was discussed at length in the writer's room, uh, you, you say that you only attended one day of nursing school, mm-hmm. but you had to pay back all your student loans. So where did that money go? But is that a thing? I don't know. If you go to one day of school, do you have to pay back for, like, the whole semester? I just would think that she called the school, knowing the Trudy Judy that we come mm-hmm. to come to know, I would guess that she was like, oh, school, I'm going to need back a lot of that money. <laughs> um, and then I think she probably spent it on stuff other than, Probably. You know, she's bad. She's not good. She's not good. But she's um, adorable. I thought it was also a funny and weird plot point that Trudy Judy did think Doug was dead. Like, mm-hmm. he had faked his own death, hadn't even told you. Yes. You weren't in cahoots. Mm-hmm. It's a weird plot point to me. But I liked it. I do, too. It's I funny. like that they're just, like, this dysfunctional family of, like, criminals. Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I'm going to pretend to be dead. I'm not going to let my sister know. I'll let her know at some point. Uh, then it's revealed, and I'm, like, kind of upset with him about it. Because it's like, come on, why wouldn't you tell me? We meet... Uh, the fence, uh, Trudy Judy says she doesn't have the car. This mm-hmm. is the one problem. She doesn't. She's no longer in possession of the 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California. Um, wow, that's good. Uh, that may not be correct. I'll have to. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to pick that up. Um, but uh, that she sold it to a person named Dallas. They don't trust anybody mm-hmm. named uh, whose first name is a city. They just don't trust it. Um, there was a car in that room. Were were you allowed near it? Was it a replica? What were you told about that car? Um, I didn't get to touch that car, but there was another purple one that was very cool that I 
Oh. Climbed a little bit on top oh, of. Oh, is that right? And took a little picture of my booty on it. Is, <laughs> is it a real cute picture? Um, is it available? Do you have? I think it's on my Instagram. Is it? All right. I think so. What is your Instagram? Nicole Byer. Okay. B-Y-E-R? B-Y-E-R. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I ask is I looked up uh, what a 1961 Ferrari 250 GT California costs, and a 1959 sold for $18 million not long ago. Holy sh! I don't think we had the actual car then. I should hope not. I don't think right? so. No. This is um this is one of those situations where uh, I would guess there had to be two because one gets blown up later, mm-hmm. right? Trudy Judy seems so sweet. I think you're in this in the surveillance van at one point, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> I don't deserve your kindness." Um, and we learn that it's all fake. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to a clip. To set it up, the Ferrari that Jake and Terry were looking at just blew up after they set up a drop to catch a high-value criminal. Believing that Doug Judy set it all up, Terry asks what happened to Trudy. Doug gets a phone call from none other than Trudy Judy herself. Let's listen. Where are you, Trudy? In the wind, Dougie. Okay, that's a cool thing to say, but what are you doing? They were going to reduce your charges. Reduced charges are still charges. And I can't go to prison. There are no dudes there, and I need to smush. Trudy. Oh, grow up, Doug. I'm an adult woman who's horny all the time. What is going on? Oh, are you judging me, though? Trudy, running from the cops is a felony. That means no more nursing school. Good, it sucks. I only went to, like, one class. What? It was boring as hell. So then I started running internet scams. Then there was identity theft. I was Queen Latifah for a bit. Then Lil' Kim. That was less believable. But then I found your old notebooks. How can you never tell me how much fun car thieving is? Because I didn't want you to fall in love with it. Wait, I'm confused. When did you put the bomb in the Ferrari? I didn't do it. Dallas did. And Dallas isn't some criminal I'm afraid of. He's my employee. Say what's up, Dallas. What's up? Named after a city. The hard part was trying to figure out how to tell him my plan. Then I came up with that whole boyfriend thing because I needed a distraction. I knew he'd rush in all weird and old-fashioned try to protect my honor. How can I caress her with my pets? Look at those things. They have thumbs. I don't need you to protect me, Doug. You're my baby sister. I gotta look out for you. That's so sweet and also dumb. I'll see you at Christmas, sucker. I love you, big bro. Trudy! Nicole Byer. Mm-hmm. You got to rub Terry Cruz's <laughs> packs. I did. They were so nice. Let's talk about it. It was, well, I asked before, I was like, are you cool with that? Sure. Because I was like, if he's not, we could figure out something else. It was he probably was called like, for in the script. It was right? called for in the script, but, it, but even though it's in for, the script, you, it's nice to ask. Sure. And he was like, no, I work hard. I was like, <laughs> you do. And he can make them bounce, which is very, very funny. It's funny and also like impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. To be able to isolate your chest, I'm trying to do it now and it's not working. Do it. It doesn't matter. You Wait, know what maybe I mean? Maybe I am. You are. You're doing it. Like having an aneurysm. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> it's very hard. You do have to sort of concentrate. Yeah. Um, multiple takes. I mean, d- did you ask for uh, uh, another pass? I did. And rubbing and then, Terry's chest? Yes. It was, uh, well, no, not with the chest, because I was like, I don't want to be like a creeper. Right. I was like, if we get it, we get it. If we, if we don't, I won't say anything. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but truly, what a nice body that man has. And he works very hard at it. Trudy Judy pretended to be Queen Latifah for a time. Yes. <laughs> that was uh, that was me. I got to improvise that. that I wondered was fun. about that. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah, the Queen Latifah Lil' Kim line was from my little dumb brain. That's amazing. So there was uh, the notion of, um, of identity theft was mm, in there. and then- That was in there. And then I was like, well, wouldn't it be fun to have her impersonate famous people? Sure. Because when I buy coffee at Starbucks, I used to say Queen Latifah <gasps> until I moved to L.A. And then people would get excited. Now I just possible. say Pikachu. You say Pikachu. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people don't want to play along. 
Really? They won't say it out loud. They'll just be like, iced coffee. Oh. I'm like, for who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you pimp it? You make them say it? <laughs> sometimes. And then sometimes they're like, I don't want to. <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, what's next for you? What are you working on? I feel like I see you everywhere these days. Um, thank you. Um, I don't know when the, I don't know if another, Nailed It might come back. I don't know. I don't know okay. what I'm allowed to say. Uh, what is Nailed It? Nailed It is a baking competition show on Netflix that I host where three people who don't know how to bake compete to serve me poison. Uh, <laughs> and they're supposed to recreate things from Pinterest that are beautiful and we don't give them enough time. So it truly ends up terrible. Um, I have a book coming out in May and let's see if I remember the title. <laughs> Is the title Ferrari 1961 uh-huh, Ferrari uh-huh, 250 uh-huh, GT California? It is. You're good at it. And now I've got it. It's called hashtag very fat, very brave. The brave. No. Shit. Okay. Hashtag very fat, very brave. The fat girl's guide to being brave and not a melancholy uh, down in the dumps fat girl. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How much of that was bit or how much of that is real? Most of it is real. That's amazing. It's a self-help book for fat women. That's amazing. <laughs> it's really dumb. <laughs> it's so stupid. I think it's funny. Uh, I wish I could remember the name. I don't know. Hashtag very fat, very brave. And then there's a bunch more. <laughs> Nicole Byer, thank you so much. Oh, and I remember it. Bring it. Okay. Hashtag very fat, very brave. The fat girl's guide to being brave and not a melancholy, down in the dump, sad fat girl in a bikini. Genius. That was so good. It's so great hearing about all the work that goes into creating every single episode. It takes a village. Speaking of which, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, the podcast, is hosted by Mark Evan Jackson. Produced by Grant Rutter. Edited and produced by Trey Booty. Written by Bo Rollins. With coordinating producer Beatrice Chaheen. (gasps) Till next time, Nine-Nine! Nine-Nine!